Welcome to Coffee with the Sarlows. I'm Kelly. And I'm Karen. We are a mother-daughter duo of mediums, medical intuitives, psychics, and energy healers offering personal sessions to clients all over the world. And this is our podcast. Coffee with the Sarlows is a platform to share the remarkable experiences of our clients and the messages that are channeled for them from the spirit world. These stories will make you laugh, some will make you cry, and some are certain to be an absolute butt-kicking with love. Our intent for this podcast is to gently and kindly challenge your beliefs, grow your empathy, and help you find pieces of your own self in each one of these individual stories. Before we jump into today's show, we have a few notes for our listeners. Karen and I have personal practices channeling for local and international clients. If the stories in these shows is something you'd like to experience, you can request your own personal session through our website, bysarlo.com. We also have gift certificates available if you wish to gift this experience to someone anywhere in the world. We have a second podcast series called Sips of Sanity. This series is your emotional and intuitive intelligence toolkit. We pick one topic every month and provide you with healthy tools for critical thinking and communication. This series airs the first week of every month. The first show is free and can be found on our website, your favorite podcast platform, or YouTube. The full series can be found on patreon.com forward slash by Sarlo. Patreon is our membership portal with a ton of monthly benefits for those of you seeking to grow your emotional and intuitive intelligence. Karen has a personal blog that explores the beauty and importance of intuitive gifts. There's a question and answer segment that addresses listeners' questions. As we mentioned, you can find the complete Sips of Sanity series here, along with handy habit trackers and great reflective questions to help you get the most from the shows. We provide you with guided journeys and music to enrich that experience, and we're running an emotionally intelligent, interactive book club. And for patrons in our top tier, each month we're putting your names into a draw for a free half-hour channeling session with Karen or myself. If you're interested in joining us, head over to patreon.com forward slash by Sarlo. Now, on to the show. Good morning, Kelly. How are you? I'm doing well today. How are you? I'm good. Okay. I'm excited about our session today. Oh, okay. Kelly, could I please have the names of two males, please? Mm-hmm. So I've got Idris and Kareem. Okay. So Idris is going to be the client. Okay. So Idris asks me if I can just do an open session and that he wants to give me the name Kareem. And would I be able to give him anything that I get around a person named Kareem? So as soon as he asked me that, um, Kareem's energy came in and said, okay, I'm dead. And I went, oh, okay, good. I said, that's a validation for me. Can I interrupt you for a second? Yeah. That's not an open session. No. For listeners who are tuning in, when you say open, it means that you have no agenda and the guides are going to go wherever they believe your soul needs today. Mm -hmm. So when someone says open session, talk specifically about this person, Mm -hmm. that is a contradictory statement. Mm -hmm. Thank you for pointing all of that out, Kelly. Yeah. And and it's a completely other um, concept if you had, or if Idris had said, I am open to all of the gifts coming through around this individual Kareem. Mm -hmm. Being open to the different modalities is not the same as saying, I want an open session. Mm -hmm. Right. 
Thank you. Mm-hmm. So it, uh, Kareem says to me that he's dead. And then he says, um, you can tell him that uh, to get a validation. He says, he's not telling you that he wants medium, but I'm, I'm passed over. And he says, I'm also his brother. And I said, oh, that, that's, that's very significant. Thank you. I said, what else do you want to say so far? He goes, just those two things. So I said, all right. So I pass that along to Idris and he goes, that's correct. He's my brother and he's passed. Did he say anything about his passing? Did he say anything else? And I said, well, no. Specifically I, why we don't say open. <laughs> and, and this is fair. Obvi- I would, is it fair to say that Idris has some distress? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and I think this is why people come in with a lack of clarity mm-hmm. uh, in how they ask for what they need. Is because of the level of distress. Yes. And I think too, if I remember the session correctly, Kelly, he said at the end when we had a conversation around the whole session, he said that he was coached to call uh, to call me and that he was told to say, go open and to not say anything. Imagine sitting down in your dentist chair and being like, just, you know, do whatever. Like, shouldn't you walk in and be like, hey, I've had these specific concerns, this particular pain. Could you look into this area so that I could get some answers? Yeah. Imagine going to your chiropractor. This will be a fun guessing game. Why don't you just poke at me and I'll try and not make faces and you figure out what's wrong. Well, and I imagine some chiropractors say that that's exactly what they do go through and some dentists and as well as you and I, obviously. Yeah. I would imagine lots of people listening to this go, mm-hmm, and, and, yeah. <laughs> and all the other doctors, nurses, I bet you, like, in, or therapists, right? Mm-hmm. It's just, you know, and this is the thing, like, so much of what we do, there's just a wonderful magic about it, right? Like, mm-hmm. how it just comes through. That's incredible. We, we will never, you know, not be aware of that. If someone walks in and says, I would like my brother and I'm open to hearing anything about that, all the magic can still exist. And Mm -hmm. we can still, I'll say, wow you, because it sounds like that's what people are wanting when they're saying, go in and Mm -hmm. say nothing. Um, That can still occur. But like when you're going in and not talking about what your needs are, Mm -hmm. people really do forget that just because you want something doesn't mean it's the guide's agenda. So when they come in and don't give you your brother right away, that's not because we suck, and that's not because the guides aren't good. It's because it's not the most pertinent thing to your soul's your soul's agenda. Yeah, and I, I think, like, along in this conversation then, he might think that it's the most important thing because that's what he's booking the appointment yeah. for, and it, it is he, uh, a testing. Um, he's also, in this case, for, for him, he's been coached. That's my point, though. Yeah, is that not you? to. Yep. Um, but many people, including him, didn't listen to the consent process to hear there were nine services. And that's why I'm saying he had a high level of anxiety coming to the session, because even though he consented, as I went through the list and named all nine, he obviously didn't think, if I go open and I've just consented to the other eight, that I might get one of the other eight, including medical intuitive, Mm-hmm. And past lives and future and all of the other all of the other services that we offer, he's sitting there in so much anxiety that he thinks go open. I think I'm guessing now, but I think what he means is go open 
you're supposed to know that out mm-hmm. of the nine services if you're good at what you do. Mm-hmm. Um, wouldn't my brother be standing in front of you talking to you? And I, ha- I did have to explain to him at the end um, that his brother very well could be in the house, in the room, but so are his medical files. And the guides saying, talk to him about his, you know, whatever, you know, an old injury that's causing current pain or the night terrors he's having or whatever. To me, it's whatever the guides are going to prioritize. Yeah. And they prioritize the root of the pain. And I think it's really interesting. I don't know where this is going to go with Idris and Kareem, but like, you know, some people will come in and say like, well, I want to talk about my marriage. Mm. And, you know, go open around that. And we start channeling all kinds of things about their career and their behavior and their career with an intent to tie it back to why their marriage is in shambles because of Mm. the sabotage they're doing in their career and how it's coming home in the way that they communicate. But they're mad we're talking about the career when they think their focus is on the pain of the marriage. Mm -hmm. And it's like, but the guides are trying to address that. So... Saying open is troublesome. If you're coaching someone, coach them to listen to the podcast, mm-hmm. not to go in and and give this, um, you know, abstract need that's going to run them into some trouble mm-hmm. and potentially waste their time. Yeah, and that goes for well. I like what you're saying because everybody listening to our show hopefully have listened to more than one and are learning that. So if you're one of those people that coaches people to call us and say nothing and to just say open when in fact you know that they are grieving and have lost somebody, then please really listen and don't coach them to call us and And say open at the beginning of a session when there are in fact nine services offered in Mm -hmm. every single session, whether it's a half hour, one hour, or a 90-minute session. Okay, so are you yeah good with that? Okay, thanks. Yeah, I got luxury. <laughs> I just you know what like it's luxury and educational. Oh, absolutely. And I think it, of course we do it with the right intent. Like get the most out of your money, mm-hmm. get the most out of your time. Yeah, get the most out of your vulnerability as well. You know, if you if if this is outside of your realm of something you've ever done before, and and you feel anxious or embarrassed that you called a psychic medium. Mm-hmm. get the most you can out of the 30 minutes or 60 minutes you were willing to be there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and listen to consent. Mm. Uh, like that that's the big one. Okay, so let's go back to Idris. Kareem's dead, and Idris wants to know what happened. <laughs> I'm not a great narrator. I kind of just pop in with little <laughs> ties. <laughs> but good. Go on. That's good. So Kareem is really the one that I spend all of my time with, as you well know, being a medium. So Kareem says to me, okay, he says, uh, I'm going to talk to you about who I am. He says, I'm going to explain some things to you. And you can offer all of those as validations to Idris because he's he wants to know, in fact, that I'm here. So go ahead. And I said, well, what about you? And he goes, well... He says, Karen, I had a lot of pain in this past lifetime. And he said, I had physical pain. And he says, each time that I had physical pain, it was severe enough that it affected the my ability to do a job. And he said, it wasn't that I was lost trying to find my career, but 
somehow Idris sort of felt that I got lost in life. But if you point out that I actually picked solid careers, I tried to be a chef. He says, I I knew what I wanted to do. I went to school. I got my papers. I got a job. I went to work, but I got an injury. And he says it was in my hand. And as a result of it, I couldn't stay in that career. He says, so I had to go back and I had to get educated again. He says, I did this over several times. It wasn't that I was lost, but somehow my brother ends up seeing me later on at the end of my life that I gave up on things. He forgets how hard I worked in the first, hmm, let's say, 35 years of his life. So when you say, or pardon me, when Kareem says that he did this multiple times, like, mm-hmm. do you mean got recertified or yeah. like, pardon me, certified for new things, other things? Yes. Because, you know, initially the chef thing wasn't doable? That's right. Okay. So then he tries to think, okay, what can I do then if, if my, my hand, hand hurts? Yeah. And I can't do this with my hand, then how do I move into a different career? Um, and boy, when you don't have a hand to use, how many careers do you have open to you? Mm-hmm. You have a lot of careers then that are based in talk. And he goes, or, you know, I don't know what else you would say really, but I guess that you have to speak more if you can't use your hands. And he says, and I, I, I didn't want to go into counseling or into therapy or into any of those types of jobs where you talk. He says, but I did try things and it did take me time in like after one injury to recuperate physically. He says, but I never, I never went back to being fully myself mentally. Mm -hmm. And he says, so he says, I can look back at my life now and see right from that very first injury uh, where anxiety set in and panic and he says, where um, depression started. And he says, and I, I didn't really fully see it at that point because I thought, okay, I've got to be rehabilitated. I'll try another career. So he thought that because he was willing to try to be reeducated and a new career, he didn't see it as really a depression. He thought, I'm working at this. Mm-hmm. So he says, I didn't go to therapy because I thought, well, as long as I'm in school and I'm doing things... I'm not really that depressed. I'm trying. But he says, now since I'm I'm dead, he says, I can certainly go back and look at it and go, ah, shit, this is where it all went wrong. Now, Idris seems to feel, and, and this is really a conundrum. I know you're going to catch me here in this story because Idris goes back and forth where he understands his brother at times, and at other times he forgets. So uh, yeah, that's like a human thing. Yeah. I understand my brother and I also forget and get judgy and harsh. Yes. Thank you. 100%. Oh my God, thank you for that. And this was one of the most, oh, I feel like crying. This was one of the most beautiful messages that Kareem said that he got to see when he reviewed his life was that while he was in his own head going through the anxiety and the depression and trying to find another career, moving into something, then realizing I hate it or I can't stay in it or I got another injury. And this is a, this is a big problem in Kareem's life is that he does re-educate himself and go to a second career and he gets hurt again. 
and it's a different injury that affects that particular job mm-hmm. and now he can't he can't do that type of work either mm-hmm. so as he's moving through life his brain is changing as well as the rest of his body and idris fluctuates kelly between being able to have clear memories of what his brother has been through and be able to stay present in that moment and gather all that information and see him as a full, total human being. Meaning have empathy. Yeah. And at other times, it's just so many other factors are going on in life, and and, and for both of them here, we're going to get to that in a second, where he loses that empathy and... Uh, I'll say is judgmental of him mm-hmm. and then feels shame about that, by the way. Mm-hmm. So it's all very, it's all messy. And so I repeat all of this to Idris and he sits there and he looks at me and he goes, yeah, okay. And I'm not going to repeat it. So I'm just saying, that's what I told him. And he goes, yeah, but doesn't say anything. And then Kareem says to me, It's complicated, Karen, because I also end up moving back in with my parents. Because I can't take care of myself at times, at other times I can. And for various reasons between mental health and physical health. And sometimes a combination of both, where it gets very messy. And sometimes my parents are very kind to me, and at other times they are not. And he says, and what happens over decades is that um, Kareem and Idris fall away from each other. And part of that has to do with everything Kareem has been through and how he responds to certain things because of the depression, because of the physical pain, but also because of the way that he starts to behave within the family and and the dynamics of the family. And this is where he says, okay, I want to say all of that to Idris to tell him that it is all messy. I understand it. And I understand all of my parts of all of this messiness of where my physical and my mental health and then living with our parents really doesn't help my situation at all, but I didn't feel I had any other choices. And as a result of that, he says, Karen, and this is Kareem, he says, Karen, um, I don't end up treating Idris very nicely. He says, because of all of those things. And underneath all of that, there are times when I feel like, screw you, Idris. Screw you. You've got a job. You've got everything you want. You're healthy. You're making decisions. You didn't have to move in. You didn't have to do this. So shouldn't it be on you to have more compassion for me? What the hell is wrong with you? So he says, so there are times there where I feel really angry and I don't treat Idris very very well. He says, in healthy ways at all because of all of my own shit. So he goes, so he's asking you today um, what you get about me because he didn't understand all of this. He doesn't understand all of the different aspects of how everything built and built through my life for me and how, as a result of that, I people-pleased my parents and I did things that hurt Idris 
or I would try and people please other people um, to get my needs met because I needed people to meet my needs because I couldn't meet them all. So I, I threw Idris under the bus. And he doesn't give me examples. He just says that. He goes, so you can continue to say those things. And he's, he's going to listen. I just want him to know that I, this is my story. This is what I went through. And he says, and I really want to go into explaining about my mental health, which he does. He explains to me in a, just a couple of minutes. It's not like a whole half hour or anything. But he talks about being medicated. He talks about trying different forms of medication. And he says, you know, sometimes at the very beginning of taking them, you feel a little bit better. Then Idris would come around or I would call him and we'd go out and we'd hang and we'd do something and my behavior would be improving. And he says, and I might not see him for a couple of months or, I pardon me, months or maybe a year. And then I would hang out with him again and the medication wasn't working as well. Um, and my behavior was not as good anymore. And I didn't tell him that it was because of the medication or that maybe I better go back to therapy. My, my behavior just got worse again. And so Idris could see where it looked like my behavior always flip-flopped. And because of the inconsistency, he didn't really know which one of me he was going to get. And we got to give him credit because he did make a stab at our relationship for many years before he gave up. And he says, so I'm here today to say to Idris that I understand why you walked away. That I understand and have compassion for all of the effort that you put into trying to care for me, trying to build a relationship with me as your brother, trying to have a friendship, trying to, to develop something that had real meaning for the two of us and how difficult it was for you to do it, and the fact that you chose at some point finally to walk away. So I gave all of that information to Idris, and oh my goodness, Kelly, at the beginning, like you could see him just listening to the, you know, as the information part was coming out, the facts. You could see where it was just, okay, there's a fact, okay, there's a fact. And he would say little things to me like, yep, that's true. Yep, that's accurate. Oh, it's good to hear that. Oh, yeah, I, I remember that now. Oh, I didn't understand that that was drugs, but I did hear afterwards that after he died that he was on medication. And it was like, oh, so sometimes you didn't even know he was on medication. No, he says, I didn't. So he got information from from his brother, from Kareem, and it helped him with timelines to understand why there were times where things were better and why there were times where things were just that so fell apart that they didn't reach out to each other, they didn't talk to each other. And he says, okay, he says, and at different times here, I want to be specific, he would ask a specific question around a period of time and Kareem would say, that's when I was medicated. And then Idris would say, well, what about when this occurred? Uh, you know, my son's birthday. Or he would say, you know, a specific event. And Kareem would say something like, well, I was medicated then, but it wasn't, uh, it, I should have already have come off that and gone back to my doctor, but I didn't. So it wasn't working and I couldn't see that it wasn't working, but other people around me could, but I wasn't listening to them. I'm sorry. So he was getting acknowledgements for how things could change and how much 
Kareem was struggling with so much change and so much going on in the body and his mind. Now, I know your mind is partially in your body, so some people might be like, what? But we're differentiating here between Mm -hmm. that. Okay. Now, I think that helped Idris tremendously as we talked over that period of time for him to place to be able to go, oh, okay, at the birthday, now I understand that I can forgive him for what he did at my son's birthday party. Well, yeah, you're hearing there isn't any mal- like malintent. Yeah. And it doesn't sound like, like Kareem is making excuses. It sounds like Kareem is trying to simply be factual about cause and effect, cause being the stressors or physical slash mental pain in his life that affected behavior. But it was never where Kareem set out to say, Idris, I am out to get you today. Yeah. And it helped Idris to talk to Kareem to understand that it really began with the first injury, where nobody thought there was anything wrong with the brain. It was just a physical injury. And nobody thought that when you get a physical injury that you're going to go into a depression Well, because a temporary physical injury is something that your brain can recover from. A permanent physical injury that doesn't allow you to continue a particular field of work alters your identity. Mm -hmm. And of course, you talked about extreme amounts of pain, of course, alters the way that your brain wires and connects, right? So that's, that is not just permanent change to the, did you say hand or arm? Hand. Um, that's, that's permanent alterations. I don't want to say damage, but alterations to the brain itself. Yeah. When you're having, when you're having to process that much pain on a constant basis. Yeah. Your, your, your brain has to sustain those changes then. Mm-hmm. And Idris doesn't, like, you know, we had this conversation. Idris doesn't have that ability and doesn't see it that way right from the very beginning. Mm. Doesn't understand the, everything that you've said, the whole scope of it. Let's call it that. So Idris says to me, hold up, Karen. How does this work? Can I apologize to a dead person? Can I say I'm sorry? Can I, and you can, like, he starts to cry. You can hear his suffering. Mm-hmm. You can hear it in his voice. You can hear him crying that he's now able to finally connect to Kareem. That through all of the misunderstandings, through all of Kareem's not knowing, Kareem's not understanding of his own life, and then being able to communicate that clearly or be able to explain or to apologize in the right moments that Idris too has made his own mistakes or just hasn't had all of the information or hasn't done his own apologizing when he does get it, but realizes the day of that session that I am getting it. I do have the information today. I have it now. I have Kareem now. So while I have all of these opportunities, all these ducks lining in a row, can I get my own apology through to Kareem? And and I say that, Kelly, because I know you and I will always say to clients, you don't need us to apologize to them. Mm-hmm. I know you and I can say that, but this is Idris's moment. Mm-hmm. 
this is his time of, like I said, all the ducks lining in a row and the feeling being what it is. And I said, you can apologize directly to him. He says, I, I want to say it to you. I, I believe that you're talking to him. So I'm just going to say that I need to say it to you, Karen. And then I need to know that you're going to say it to him because this is what I believe right now. I believe you have the gift to do it. I don't believe I do. So could you humor me in this moment and do it for me? And I said, absolutely. I would be delighted to do that for you. And he says, and I would like to know what his response is. Could I you think tell me? That right there is why most people want to say it to us. Yeah. And even if it's not an apology, if it's, can you please tell my mom I love her on yes. the other side, right? What they're really looking for, and this is beautiful, even if they don't know it's it's what they're they're needing. They're waiting for us, if it's by Zoom or telephone, to hear or see something in our voice, language, mannerisms that echoes what that human was like when they were on earth, mm-hmm. right? So if there's a way that Kareem normally accepted an apology or, a, and I don't want to say like a phrase or something like that, because it doesn't have to be that specific, but just where, where you really emulate that energy from them mm-hmm. to go, yep, that's, that's my person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you. So I did. I said to Kareem, did you hear everything? And he goes, yes, I did. He goes, and my response back is, I love him. Have you ever heard a spirit on the other side be like, no, could you repeat that? No. (laughs) (laughs) No, I never have. (laughs) But for the story's purpose here, (laughs) Kareem says to me, I want you to tell him that I have always loved him, even when we weren't talking, even when we were mad at each other. I had my own versions of what Idris was doing, and I was mad at him. And he says, so I, I just want him to know that now I understand everything. I understand all of my own stuff. I understand how Idris responded. I understand why, because he didn't have all the information, and neither did I on my own end about my own life or about Idris's life. Well, you even said to how Kareem said, can you please tell him that I loved him even when we weren't speaking and I was also angry. And I think it's really cool that the conjunction of this was and, mm-hmm. not but, <laughs> right? Because people actually get to hear that both things can be true at the same time just because you stop talking to someone doesn't necessarily mean that you stop loving them. Yes. Maybe you do it because it's excellent boundaries. Yeah. But that doesn't mean love necessarily stops or that your well wishes for them stop. Oh, you're you're heading right into the next sentence then. So Kareem says to me, this is what you can say to him. He says, please add that I understand the reason he did what he did in walking away was to set boundaries. He truly felt that in order to be healthy himself and to have his own healthy marriage and his own healthy family, that he needed to walk away from me and our parents. And I understand it. It was about boundaries. He goes, and I understand that even though he walked away and set up all those healthy boundaries, that behind all of those boundaries was love. He goes, I get this. He goes, I didn't get it on earth. He says, cream on earth didn't get it. Dead cream gets it. So he goes, you know how you do that thing about alive cream and dead cream? 
He goes, you make sure you define that for him. That on earth, I didn't understand it. Now I do. Well, let's spell it out for humans then who still have an opportunity to get it as humans. When someone sets a boundary between the two of you, they are still wishing, hoping, praying that you're going to fucking get it. Mm -hmm. That you are going to figure out what needs to be figured out and come over to the side of health so that they can have you in their life and love you again. No one sets a boundary and hopes you never change. So if someone walked out of your life to set a boundary, they're still on the other side hoping, wishing for you to get it. Yes. And like I like you said, Kelly, loving. Yeah. It doesn't mean that healthy people stop loving when they set boundaries. So this is how um, Idris's session ends, rather, very much like all around these issues. And Kareem saying that he loves them and that he understands boundaries, he understands all of this. Then he just briefly says to Idris um, that I understand that your wife is expecting and congratulations. And this is just this little moment where, and not every client is going to get something like that, mm -hmm. but here's this little moment where life is beginning. You know, Idris has a child coming and Kareem is saying, I know, and I love you. Mm -hmm. And that, that's how we ended everything. And then afterwards, afterwards, when the session ended, I asked him if we could go back to the beginning and talk about um, different types of sessions. And that's when he said to me, geez, I've got to explain how I started this and why I went into the open stuff. I really wanted to apologize to you. Hmm. And I said, oh, great. And I said, thank you very much. And he says, you know, he says, I'm going to call back. I want to talk to Kareem over and over again. Um, but I won't call you and say open. Good. Can I call you with a list? Can I call you and say, this is what I want? Can I direct it? And I said, yes, in consent. Go back and listen to consent <laughs> and record your session. Yeah. I said, go in consent. You are given three options of the way that you conduct your own sessions where you have control. So absolutely, Idris, you can call and have control. And that was the end of that. Lovely. Thank mm -hmm. you for preparing this today. You're very welcome. And thank you for educating everybody to understand um, all the little nuances in the session where you and I sometimes have to hit the pause button during the session and go, oh, hold up, hold up. What are we doing here? And try and educate them to have a better session. Or sometimes where it does happen at the end of the session or where hopefully clients are people listening to the show and they're listening to today's and they show up better prepared for their own session. Mm -hmm. Okay, good. Awesome. Well, then I will wish a happy Saturday to you and to everyone listening. Thanks for listening to Coffee with the Sarlos. If you enjoyed the show today, help spread the love with a like, share, or review of the podcast. See you next Saturday with a brand new episode.